0: All right. All right. How's it going, everyone? Welcome back to A Thousand Cuts. This is a BSA podcast. I am your host, Demetrius, here with my comrades and co-host Tony and LaCase. Got some uh, new faces joining the podcast. I'm excited to have them on. Tony, LaCase, how y'all doing?
1: Doing all right. Thanks for having
0: me on the show. Of course.
2: Doing great, man. Thanks for asking.
0: Of course. Of course. Well, I'm excited to Get some new voices on to the podcast. You know, just just get different folks in, in the org. I, I really wanted this to be the podcast. We just have multiple members of the organization be on and, and give their different thoughts and perspectives. And um, yeah, it's awesome to have y'all on. For right now, we are, we are missing uh, Glenn and Chanel, uh, but we will have them uh, back on very soon on the next episode. But let's go ahead and jump into the new segment because there's been a lot of shit going on. Yeah. past few weeks. First thing I want to touch on is the Breonna Taylor case. So uh, this week, protests around the nation were sparked after a Kentucky grand jury made the decision on Wednesday, September 23rd to not indict the police officers who were involved in the murder of Breonna Taylor. The only officer who was charged Detective Hankinson was indicted with three counts of one endangerment due to reckless shooting that would have caused harm to Taylor's neighbors. The officers were able to get off due to the fact that they they technically didn't perform a no knock raid because they announced themselves before they forcefully entered Taylor's home. Um, This is also combined with the fact that Taylor's partner, Kenneth Walker, opened fire on the cops, believing them to be intruders. So therefore, legally the cops' use of force became justified in order to protect themselves. The FBI is still currently investigating whether or not the botched raid broke federal law. Uh, Protests thus far have occurred in places such as Los Angeles, Minnesota, Dallas, New York, Portland, Denver, and Atlanta. Uh, Two Louisville police officers were shot during the protests, hours after they ensued over the grand jury verdict. The attacks were committed by a 26-year-old Lorenzo Johnson, was being charged with 14 counts of wanton endangerment and two counts of assault on a police officer. Uh, we also had some fucking insanity go on with ICE. Uh, so on Monday, September 14th, uh, allegations arose that female detainees at the Irwin County Detention Center in Georgia are being given hysterectomies without their consent, among other abuses. Uh, This information is coming from Project South, an Atlanta, Georgia-based social justice nonprofit, along with three other nonprofits, uh, Georgia Detention Watch, Georgia Latino Alliance for Human Rights, and South Georgia Immigrant Support Network on behalf of whistleblower Dawn Wooten, who was a nurse at the detention facility. Wooten said that she was concerned about the high rates at which the operation was being done in the center. Uh, A report coming from the Intercept had the testimonies of several women who claimed that they were not assisted by interpreters and felt pressured into having the operation. The doctor performing these operations is claimed to be Mahindra Amin, who is a local gynecologist based in Douglas, Georgia. Amin does have a connection to the Irwin County Hospital where some detainees who need medical attention are taken. Amin did admit to performing procedures on female detainees from the center, but of course denies the allegations of performing non-consensual hysterectomies. Amin claimed that after he finishes an examination, he only performs a procedure with the approval of the center. Amin, however, does have a shady past. Uh, The article from The the Intercept reports that, quote, Amin was previously taken to court for making false Medicaid claims. Um, In a case filed against him, other doctors and Irwin County Hospital in the U.S. uh, District Court for the Middle District of Georgia, the government alleged that the hospital was billing Medicaid for obtrusive ultrasounds, even though they weren't necessary. The case was dismissed as part of a settlement in which the hospital paid more than a half a million dollars to the government, but did not admit any liability. The government, as part of the settlement, did did not admit that its own claims were unfounded, end quote. Page Wynn, the CEO of Irwin County Hospital, made similar claims that all the procedures that take place there do so with prior consent given. Um, now, on to onto you know two news topics that I that that are a a a, a bit a bit more lighthearted for me uh, and and a bit funnier. So you have the FinCIF files. Uh, so uh, journalists at BuzzFeed were able to obtain. Over uh, 22,000 documents that reveal that major banking institutions have been laundering dirty money from corrupt politicians, various oligarchs around the world, narco terrorists and drug cartels, high level scam artists and many more. This information comes from the Financial Crimes Enforcement Network, which is an agency of the uh, Treasury Department that is charged with fighting money laundering and corrupt financing of all kinds. Uh, they, gather, they gather data on S, uh, SARs, Suspicious Activity Reports, and make them available to U.S. law enforcement and other nations' financial intelligence organizations. Uh, the files contain over 2,100 reports. There are over 10,000 subjects of the reports. The reports span over 170 nations and territories. There are over 90 financial institutions that file reports that are contained in the documents. And the 10 most common banks that are filed are Deutsche Bank, Bank of New York Milan, Standard Chartered, J.P. Morgan Chase, Barclays, uh, HSBC, Bank of China, Bank of America, Wells Fargo and Citibank. Banks are required to file SRAs whenever a transaction appears to have illicit characteristics, such as payments between companies that have no known business relationship. The government, of course, does not crack down on these institutions who engage in money laundering. Rather, they are given deferred prosecution agreements, which are sweetheart deals that involve issuing fines, but no arrest for these crimes. Uh, the article at BuzzFeed's BuzzFeed reports that, quote, suspicious payments flow around the world into countless industries, from international sports to Hollywood entertainment, to luxury real estate, to noble sushi restaurants. They filter into companies that make familiar items from people's lives, uh, from the gas in their car to the granola in their cereal bowl. The FinCEN files expose... An underlying truth of the modern era, the networks through which dirty money traversed the world have become vital arteries of the global economy. They enable a shadow financial system so wide ranging and so unchecked that it has become inextricable from the so-called legitimate economy. Banks with household names have helped to make it so. End quote. Now, I want to go to one of my favorite parts of the article here. Okay. quote. HSBC's Hong Kong branch allowed WCM 777, a Ponzi scheme, to move more than 15 million, even as the business was being barred from operating in three states. Okay. <laughs> authorities, authorities say the scam stole over 80 million from investors, mainly Latino and Asian immigrants, and the company's owner used the looted funds to get this to buy two golf courses, a 7,000 square foot mansion, and a 39 Nine point eight carat diamond and mining rights in Sierra Leone. Yeah. Yeah. I, oh my gosh! The mining rights in Sierra, Le- Sierra Leone—that's just the fucking—that's just the fucking cherry, mm-hmm. man. Little cherry. That, that's, I was gonna say cherry on
1: top. Like, just, just add that that's in just,
0: there. Really that's seal just the deal. Amazing. Yeah. It's, uh, uh, so it's revealing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it 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 is. It is Cap- capitalism is literally is literally just fucking organized crime, uh, basically. Oh at my this gosh! Point. Yeah, yeah. The article later reveals that quote, Fincen received more than two million SRA's last year. That number has nearly doubled over the past decade as financial institutions have faced mounting pressure to file, and the volume of international transactions has grown over the same period. Fincen's staff has shrunk more than ten percent. Sources there say most SRAs are never even read, let alone acted upon. Meanwhile, experts say some banks treat SARs as a kind of get out of jail free card, filing alerts about a huge array of transactions without actually moving to halt them. In some cases, banks file numerous reports on the same clients detailing their suspected crimes over the course of years while continuing to welcome their business, end quote. Um, So it goes on to say, quote, despite the bank's sweeping powers to investigate account holders, the FinCEN files investigation reveals that major financial institutions often fail to perform the most basic checks on their customers, such as verifying where a business is located when someone opens a new account. The lapses allow criminal groups to hide behind shell corporations registered with no identifying details about their ownership, and slide the proceeds of their crimes into into the global financial system. In many cases, banks appear to have no idea whatsoever whose money they are moving. When investors for HSBC's American Operations asked their colleagues in Hong Kong for the name of the person who owned Trade Leader, a company that had moved more than half a billion dollars through the bank in less than two years, the answer they got was none available. The company will reportedly emerge as an important hub in the so-called Russian laundromat, a sprawling scheme in which wealthy Russians facilitated by banks secretly move their money into the West, end quote. So, mm. yeah,
2: it reminded <laughs> me of the Dave Chappelle skit uh, when when he got the plead the fifth. Uh, yeah. as a as a cocaine <laughs> dealer, but the <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but, but the white, you know, uh, but it, it's it's two mm-hmm. different legal systems, you know. It, it, said, it said uh, there's there's you know, no reason available. We're we not gonna tell y'all nothing. Yeah, it's
0: it's, it's wild, dog. Like, like that's some that's yeah. some dead ass Scarface shit when he brought mm-hmm. the money Absolutely. to the bank and to the bank where he called the white dude a wasp and shit. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> to the bank. And and, and yeah, to push you to the limit. That's all I could get <laughs> here in my head when I was reading this shit. Like, please, y'all, right. please go and read that article from BuzzFeed. They have multiple articles. They just released a podcast on it. It's 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 amazing. Capitalism is just lit yeah. fucking organized crime at this point. It's absolutely
2: yeah, I got a chance to to run through it. And just just like you're saying, it's it's organized crime, man. It's a uh, it's like uh you know, we, we get, we get bombarded, but with, you know, uh, law and order politics and, you know, how do we stop these criminals? And, you know, when the, when most of the, most of the robbery is going on, right, right under these people's noses, like you said, they, they don't know where this money comes from or
0: who, you know, Absolutely. what it's
2: funding. They just let it go through. They No, no checks at all. Um,
0: I feel like they do know, though. I feel like yeah, they I was going to say because-
1: in the in the article they talk about, you know, they they have the ability to. I mean, the, these SARs are them flagging these transactions, right. so they know it's suspicious. All they have to do is flag it, and it's like you know the get out of jail free card. They're going through the motions. I flagged it, so you know we did our due diligence, but they know good and well that no one on the um, you know the like the oversight side is actually reading these these documents like the documentation is not being funneled through correctly so that's what really got me and that's why i see a lot of capitalism it's like everyone's going through the motions everyone's you know faking it (laughs) and letting people off scot-free and you know we're laughing about it because it's just so preposterous that it's been allowed to continue like this i mean millions and billions of dollars it's nuts
0: yeah uh, and it's 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 really unbelievable. It's not surprising, but it's wild. You know what I'm saying? Like it's 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 insanity. So for the last bit of news, uh, this is just hilarious. Uh, Recently, the Department of Justice has released a list of cities that they have claimed are anarchist jurisdictions due to the amount of protests, property destruction, violence, and considerations of defunding law enforcement that have been taking place there. Uh, The cities listed so far were New York, Portland, and Seattle uh that is fucking Big shock hilarious. There. <laughs> That is hilarious. anarchist jurisdictions that's a fucking oxymoron if they knew, if, if, if they only knew what they were talking about that's an oxymoron that's an oxymoron. Yeah, no.
2: it, and, and it's it's a clear it's a clear scare tactic you know right right You're trying to get middle america just like you see you know you see the pictures from portland every night or the pictures from chicago or new york of a, of a police car that might have got burnt or a window yeah. that might have got broken and they're like, oh yeah. yeah, you know, you should be scared. They're the anarchists are coming when, you know, it, it's scary. We, we spoke about this recently, Demetrius, about, you know, how they're really drumming up a negative campaign against anarchists. They're really playing with fire, man. I, and yeah, purposely, you know. I'm not saying you that they, they're doing it accidentally. They, they, they don't, right. they don't care for the outcome, you know? Right. Just look at the, you brought up the Breonna Taylor protest. Look at the amount of people who have, uh, ran their cars into, into pro- just, just yesterday, there were mm-hmm. three or four incidents across the country of yeah. people ramming their cars in the, in the protest.
0: Mm-hmm. There was an incident, there was actually a video that was going around on Twitter out from out in Buffalo, New York at a BLM protest where a truck just fucking plowed into someone. Yeah. There was another report of a police officer, you know, rolling his bike over someone's head. Disgusting. Mm. Mm, um, i mean
1: we, i mean we've seen that a lot haven't we like they're shoving oh, yeah. protesters who are peaceful they're running their cruisers into people the billions are running their cars into people and um you know we're not supposed to what live fight back, right i'm not saying you know i'm it, it, yeah
0: i <laughs> yeah. mean and then you combine with, <laughs> no no okay like, hey, like you're totally you're totally right because like you combine mm-hmm. it with, like, just the wild, of course, you know, you got your right-wing militia vigilante shit where they're setting up, you know, checkpoints, you know, right. out in fucking uh, Oregon, and you, you combine mm-hmm. it with like conspiracy theories that Antifa and anarchists are starting the wildfires, and it's just like, Good Lord, it's just total fucking breakdown, and now you have the the justice department. And it, it was funny. There was actually an article that was released by a journalist who's, who's also an anarchist as well. And I believe in the, I, I, hope, I think it was the Washington post or the New York times about, and it was mm. called stop blaming anarchists for everything. <laughs> Cause mm. most of us are like extremely empathetic. So it's like anarchists are just like, just the worst people ever, you know, right after we finish our like non paid, you know, uh shift at a soup kitchen, or at a mm. fucking, like, community garden. You know what I'm saying? Like, we're just, like it's it's insane. Like, anarchists and are all so bad for that's setting That's the up crazy
2: up part. Generators. That's the crazy part. Like, in Oregon, the right-wing militias and everything, they were stopping cars, stopping people from getting to safety. And the anarchists yeah. were bringing in tons and tons of supplies, handing out supplies, you know, making sure people had camps. You see the difference on the ground, but the way that they portrayed it in the news is same
0: absolutely, yeah. I mean the propaganda, and we already know this on our side of things. Is the propaganda is by design, the ignorance is by design, the right. lies are by design. You know what I'm saying? Anarchist is portrayed as bomb throwing mayhem. In reality, if you actually read our history, our theory, our tactics, it, it, we're about fucking mutual aid and like uh, right. in something that we promote with BSA dual power creating resilient counter hegemonic institutions that people can rely on on shelter for food for safety you know what i'm saying like it's, right. it's literally the exact opposite i mean it's exactly it's, it's wild it's Yeah, wild. It is. i mean
1: capitalism creates a society in which anarchy is literally just taking care of each other how insane is that to be an anarchist right. you have to feed other people you're trying to shelter other people clothe give them health care that, that shit like that's anarchy, yeah. So it's wild. I feel like we're gonna say it's wild uh, a million times this this episode because
0: it is. A lot of shit happened in these few weeks. I mean, it's just it's right. just one thing after another after another, and right. it's just like. Like This is a real moment of breakdown. And and I want to get y'all's thoughts on, as we have this sort of extended conversation now, I want to get y'all thoughts on how y'all feel about the upcoming election and voting and everything like that. Because it seems to me like people really believe that they're going to vote their way out of this shit. Like people really yeah. believe that. Like I, that's that's yeah. that's the energy that I'm seeing. So y'all y'all can go ahead. Wh- whoever want to uh, sure. uh, go first,
2: Yeah, okay, so go ahead. Go ahead and start off, and then I I got a couple yeah, yeah,
0: words yeah. too.
1: the hot seat. Well, no, nah, no, nah, okay. you good? Oh yeah, I know. I, I feel safe. I'm of the mind that it it's not just voting. You know, I was raised we vote yes, but that's not the that's not the end all be all. That's not where it stops. You know, it it takes organizing, being on the ground, you know, moving past it. because I mean, the system just isn't going to work. It just, it hasn't ever worked for us, but I mean, it's really not working for anybody. So when I hear people saying like, you know, like go, like they put up like a, I I voted sticker picture or things like that. I'm like, well, what else are you doing? Like, do you understand like what this means? Do you understand how the system, you know, the system doesn't really work, work in such a way that just casting a vote. Is going to make a huge difference, especially where I am. I'm in the middle of the country. I'm in the, you know, i called it the breadbasket or the Bible Belt. So it really is more than just casting a ballot and moving on your way. And I think if you're in a position where you can, where all you, all you have to do to survive is vote. Like you really got to look at what's going on um, in in your area. So I don't know. Those are my thoughts. I I don't like begrudge people voting. You know, I I'm, I'm not one to say like, don't vote. But I do know, and as I'm learning more from, from you guys and, you know, our organization, uh, learning more about the next steps, you know, it can't just be that one step, you know. So, yeah, go ahead. Take it away. You know, take, no, make, me, make, make I, us sound I, way smarter than I did. <laughs>
2: no, 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 no. Um, I, I, I agree with I think one of the most surefire ways that we can stamp out the fascism that's growing in America rapidly right now is mm-hmm. by... Voting Donald Trump out of office with, with a, a landslide with a, a huge majority. But I, I know that's not going to mm-hmm. happen. Yeah. Voting him out with a, with a huge majority, it would send a clear and, you know, concise message that, you know, America doesn't stand for fascism. But, you know, the vote's going to go, it's going to be within 10 points that mandate from the vote. Joe Biden, I don't think Joe Biden's going to get that. So once Joe Biden's in office, you know, if, if he did win, it's not clear what you know. He said it himself. Nothing's gonna fundamentally change. Once again, I'm I'm not advocating for anybody to vote or not to vote. I'm saying that along the same lines that you said of the case. And then Demetrius, you mentioned it earlier as well. It has to be dual power. It has to be yeah the alternatives. I'm not gonna lie. I've always had a very bleak outlook on the electoral system. Even in high school, when they were you know discussing picking parties and in, and in, in your senior year. Like you want to be a Democrat or you want to be a Republican? I was like, I kind of don't want to be either, you know, I, I chose independent. I don't see a lot happening. If Trump wins, it's gonna be a, a very fast climb to outright fascism, theocracy or oligarchy, whatever he has planned. But I don't I don't see anything being significant, significantly different than like you said, this society doesn't work for us. This level of mm-hmm. inequality doesn't work for us. And he's he's not gonna do anything to change those things it's an interesting time in history. I I, I don't, I don't agree like, with the people who, who say, you know, go vote, you know, j- just vote. Like, uh, Nancy Pelosi, you know, she was asked about what can we do if Trump stays in office? And her answer was useless pitter patter. And then that's what she said. She told, she said, the best thing you can do is go vote. And and it's like, you, you got to have an answer more than that. The system can't be that. Fra- of course it is that fragile, but you know, that that that's what the everyday person has to be thinking when when someone says voting is going to significantly change their life. Right.
0: Yeah. 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 I'm in. I'm in the same boat in my early life in terms of you as well, Tony. Like I've always had like a very bleak and like pessimistic outlook on like mm. just ele- electoral politics and just representative democracy in general. Like it was. It's always just been an idea. Like this idea that. We you you elect these people to present and work for your interests and you have to trust them to do that. Ever since, even before I even had like a good political philosophy or like worldview, that whole idea to me is just fucking insane. <laughs> like mm-hmm. like it's just it was just an absurd idea like people can always lie people almost always have ulterior motives for all sorts of things power corrupts all the time and absolutely you know what i'm saying like i've never had trust in this sort of system and so it just it just boils my blood every time people just keep peddling voting over and over again and, and what bothers me is just like i mean i there's this there's really energy of like of course, you know, people, of course, want to get Trump out. People do want to think about harm reduction. Right. But harm reduction in at this point in time is a fantasy. You're not going to get harm reduction from a fucking, you know, sundowning segregationist and a cop. Mm. That's what Biden and Kamala mm-hmm. Harris are.
2: No, absolutely not. You, You're going to get more of the Obama years, you know, funding big business and.
0: Right, which wasn't
2: that great. No, exactly. No, not at all. <laughs> not at all. And and, and, yeah. and you'll see, and you'll see that the the majority of Americans will be left to suffer, and big business will, you know, airlines will be still be here, the Marriott will still be here, you know, but the mm-hmm. Americans are going to lose their homes and their their livelihoods.
0: Right. I mean, it's it's insanity to me. Like, like you're not going to get any sort of significant structural change from from that shit. And I'm not telling people to not vote or to vote the same as y'all. But it's just like if you think if you think that voting is going to stop the the coming and already here environmental collapse, you are fucking bugging. You're bugging. You're losing your fucking mind. You know what I'm saying? If you think voting is going to stop this systemic police abuse, rather than just getting rid of those fucking institutions, you are tripping. Like it's, 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 it's absurdity. There has to be more done. Like y'all were saying, there has to be something more significant. Yeah. And and, and I, mean, that, I mean, again, like dual power, you know what I'm saying? Mutual mm-hmm.
2: aid. Absolutely. If we can key in on that, on that one thing, you know, just the police, we know that things aren't going to change because this isn't the first time that this is, this has happened in history right now i'm uh i'm listening to the audio book by howard zinn um a people's history yes and good one uh, man well highly knowledge. recommend
1: classic.
2: <laughs> it's so
0: yep. classic classic shit classic
1: can i just shit, say yeah. i knew i knew my husband was the one when he got me that book
2: <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> no it's a it's a it's a banger it's a banger for <laughs> so sure romantic good, right good, so man, romantic. good man good yeah. man, <laughs> <Exactly>.
0: <laughs> good man. Smart guy, he was like, "Hold on, let me, let me hit her with the theory." Uh, he sees this He's like, part. "Here you go, girl." <laughs>
1: <laughs> sorry, go ahead, Tony. Uh, yeah, go ahead. No, I'm sorry. You,
2: no, it's okay. I, 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 that's uh that's interesting, but no, you, you but you can see how working class and working poor people were placated with r- reform.
0: And, and, yeah,
2: you know, as far back as you know, before the Civil War, you know, you can see how they were fighting against police brutality. And the, and the, and the, mm-hmm. the reform, you know, the reform that they passed back then got us to now. So reform could never right. be the answer, you know? Um, Ugh. now we can, we can pass non-reformist reforms. We can pass right. acts that pass funds from the police to, to the community, but, you know, diversity training.
0: D-Ray's reforms aren't going to work? No, no, yeah. <laughs> Those
2: <laughs> diversity trainings, you know.
0: He raised reforms aren't going to work, my nigga. Come on, dog. It's not going
2: to work that way, man. A lot of people are mistaken by it, man. But I seen a lady from Yakima, Washington, a white lady. And it was a, a Black Lives Matter hashtag all around the background. You know how Facebook lets you do the background. And uh, she, said, mm. she said, I don't know if anybody's confused. But the movement is anti-police brutality, not anti-police. And I'm sitting here hand on forehead yeah. like, man,
0: <laughs> man police oh, brutality no. is their job. That's their job is to be brutal. And that's their job. And that's, and you know, what's, you know, bread what's and great? you know, what's funny about that is like, um, there, there's I would recommend that people check into the uh, critical re- uh, critical resistance. They're a great abolitionist group, and there's a particular scholar that does work with them by the name of Dylan Rodriguez. He has a great video on YouTube, and I'll make sure to, you know, that uh, our audience gets linked to this. Oh, good. Yeah, he talks about in that video how it's not police brutality; it's police practice. It is the function of the police. When police engage in these violent acts, they are fulfilling their, their function while simultaneously pushing the boundary further, right? Mm -hmm. They're experimenting, running over protesters and all this shit that is, that is experimenting with the, with the, with the, the boundary of violence. How much further can we push it? How much more can we do to the populace? How much mm-hmm. more can can they take? Yeah, I, it, I, I mean yeah. it's fascinating, but of course simultaneously frightening as fuck, right? I mean we're seeing it in in every major city, all of the it, the same tactics, the same yeah, the- tactics. Corralling people, yeah. the tear gassing—I mean, it's it's running over people. Mm-hmm. It's absurdity, and that's their function. And what's what's wild? I was reading another—the resource people should check out is um, "Our Enemies in Blue" by Christian Williams. A lot of people it's a phenomenal book by uh, anarchist journalist uh, Christian Williams. A lot of people are are reading the the uh, what's the other book? Um, "The End of Policing" Alex Vitali—that's great as well. Right, but. Mm-hmm. Christian Williams at the beginning of the book talks about is how we even talk about police use of force and the weird like language and rhetoric. So you have like excessive use of force or use of excessive force, which are different. Police they involved, the same. shooting. Shooting
2: oh, and, and all so
1: this it, other stuff. It's about the language itself.
0: Okay. The language. Yeah. And, okay. and so the way that we even measure the the metrics for mm. what sort of violence and what sort of force that police use it's not solid it's it's not clear I, mm-hmm. I mean it's 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 frightening i mean it's frightening and yeah man i mean if people think that getting biden and harrison is going to change that is insane i mean we have pictures of right. kamala harris is a fucking cop dog like that's just what it is That's just what it is.
2: The top guy. You know Mm -hmm. what I'm saying? That's what she called herself. And
0: people don't realize Mm -hmm. people underestimate Mm -hmm. what a prosecutor is. If there is one individual in the criminal punishment system that has the most amount of unmitigated power, it is a prosecutor. They decide the charges, Mm -hmm. they are extremely extremely powerful and that position is one of the principal architects of the carceral state that we have today that's not some minor shit to overlook you know what I'm saying she was a fucking prosecutor you know what I'm saying and then with, with Joe Biden the difference is the only difference you'll see is like instead of a cop you know shooting somebody in their fucking face they'll shoot him in the leg you know what I'm saying but yeah, I mean it's 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 all ridiculous yeah. so and,
2: and, and we can't go we can't go without saying that Biden's not a Biden is not a you know, in any other country in the world, Biden would be right. He would be on the you know, he would be conservative in any other country in the
0: world. Absolutely. Absolutely. He's no progressive.
2: He's no leftist. Yes,
0: yeah.
2: You know, when asked about Medicare for all, he he shrugs and says vote for someone else. When asked about fracking, he's he you know, he he makes a commitment to stop fracking and then continue he he tells later on that he's gonna continue to Mm -hmm. frack. Because, it, because it, and that his reasoning was, he said, he said, we got to keep fracking because we got to transition from fracking.
0: Mm, it's like, what? Sense.
1: <laughs> like, am I going crazy? Yeah,
2: exactly. Like, like right. and, and, and some, something wrong with me. <laughs> <laughs> I
1: think I heard that wrong.
0: Yeah. So, yeah, I just wanted to get y'all thoughts on that. But we're going yeah. to transition here to... Um, to our topic segment here where we discuss, a you know, a particular topic that's that's on our minds and, and, and stuff like that. And uh, we wanted to talk about the, the always interesting uh, topic of like the the dirtbag left, uh, the individuals called the dirtbag left and all of the the really toxic bullshit that comes from white leftists. And uh, you know they're they're sort of weirdo class reductionist electoral politics fetishism. Um, <laughs> uh, I just wanted to bring this up to talk about this because, like, with this podcast, I really want to show people a distinction between what is BSA promoting and us as Black leftists and and, and, and communists are are promoting versus so much of like the bullshit that's coming from the white left you know what i'm saying and, and even a lot mm-hmm. of people have a lot of problems with that distinction between you know white leftists versus you know leftists of color and stuff like that but there are differences uh there mm-hmm. are differences because there are a lot of white supremacist socialists out here you know what i'm saying and when we talk about this like we're talking about this sort of weird network of like podcasts like Chapo trap house and you know, red the Red Scare and and fucking you have the sort of media stuff with like the Young Turks and there's mm. also a connection to the Intercept and in Glenn uh, Glenn Greenwald and uh fucking you know the Majority Report and all you know that sort of weird like white leftist uh white adjacent leftist a uh, uh, space um and just like the the weirdo ass like takes and analyses and just. Yeah, I, I you know I reason and the reason this came to mind is because I was of course uh, you know rummaging through Twitter, I received a post from a comrade of mine. It was a post where it was juxtaposing how Chapo Trap House was talking about the infamous Joe Rogan and basically how they were portraying him on. It was a particular episode, I think it was uh, Chapo Trap House's episode three hundred and eighty eight, um, where they were talking about Joe Rogan. And they were basically making it seem like he's just a total clown and a total buffoon with no who's not pushing any sort of real line um, with his podcast, which is total nonsense. Joe Rogan in, in, in the post it goes to talk about how Joe Rogan cites like libertarians like Peter Schiff who was a total fucking clown nut job fucking Peter Schiff and how Joe Rogan essentially is like has anti labor stances you know that he believes in freedom to work you know that 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 conservative bullshit position and also in that post it was talking about you know I think it was a recent video. I believe from Glenn Greenwald. Glenn Greenwald kind of has like a podcast that he does for the Intercept and stuff like that. Where I think the name of the episode is like what? Well, yeah, what explains the elite contempt for Joe Rogan? Which is a to- that that framing is total fucking garbage. Um. So so uh, you know, uh, who whoever wants to speak on like you know the thoughts on sort of like that w- weird white leftist sort of dirtbag left space. You know, case. if you would like to start us off, you, uh, you can go ahead.
1: Oh, sure. Um, <laughs> yeah, so much to unpack here, right? I think my gut reaction is ew, but I can extrapolate on that.
0: Um, Wonderful reaction. That's a great gut yeah, reaction. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great gut reaction. You would
1: dig it. No, but my issue with a lot of white leftist spaces is, you know, you brought up class reductionism. There's this refusal to look at the ways that race have compounded our suffering under capitalism i think a lot of that refusal to um appreciate you know our experience comes from the fear that they will then have to rec- like um contend with the ways they've benefited in life you know what i mean it's like a lot like you know like kind of like the pushback we got with all lives matter you know it's not really about all lives matter it's about right. you don't want to admit that black people are being murdered in the streets right right, so, right when i have like tried to engage in a lot of white leftist spaces for us there i feels like there's an imminent need there's like an imminent threat, an imminent need. Right. Coupled with our, you know, just study and appreciation and, you know, understanding of what like anarchism is. Um, so those are my like instinctual thoughts. But I just really don't I don't fuck with <laughs> that stuff at all. And I, I, I know a lot of people not a lot of people, but they have a pretty big following. I just don't I mean they come um, anyway, I'm, I'm about to drag these guys. So, Tony, you want to jump in? I just I'm not
0: drag with it. I'm not. No, um, I'm not they, with they, it at oh, all. Uh, they deserve Get a. Get Get Don't like it.
2: Dragon, um, it's it's a it's an intersection of white privilege and you know yeah. access to knowledge and the birth of the the social media influencer. You know the right. typical white podcaster or you know from the depths of the internet hell you have the the white troll who's willing to say anything at any time or you know i do drug you know that, that edgy you know it, it's a it's an intersection of all that stuff and disgusting in his nature it's a, uh, you know the case brought up white lives matter and how it feels the same and And it does because they can say when people say white lives matter, they say, okay, we get it. You know, black lives matter, but white lives matter too. You know, same thing with, Mm -hmm. same thing with race reductionists. They say, you know, yeah, race plays a part in it, but it's mostly class. If we fix class and everything else will go away, you know, completely erasing the entire history of America and and how races, you know, intricately oozed into every aspect of our life, you know, like, uh, like a mold that just, you know, it's growing in the air ducts. And it's, so it's forever around. Mm-hmm. You see it with them demolishing proper organizers, you know, like Mary and Kaba, you, you, you see apparently, and I don't listen to the show, but the really reactionary one, Amber, and they get this, the guest on the podcast was Matthew Tabby and, and they, and she went on a triade about how.
0: You mean Matt Taibbi? Yeah, the, Matt the journalist Taibbi. Matt yeah. Taibbi?
2: Yeah, yeah. He's, he's, mm. fucking, he's
0: fucking tanking hard, man. <laughs> he's fucking tanking hard, dude. But go ahead. My-
2: no, you're okay. But Amber Amber went on a triad about how Miriam Cabo, or as she's known on Twitter, prison culture isn't serious about abolition. And, you know, just, all right, just, if you disagree with someone, you disagree with someone. But she was just laying it on. And then to to, to kind of confirm that there's something on the Chapo side against Marion Cabla. Just recently, you see, God, I don't know which one it is. His ad is Cushman. Uh, you said his name was Matt.
0: Mm, yeah, I believe so. That sounds right. Yeah, Matt Chrisman, <coughs> Uh His his profile on Twitter is Cushbaum. Yeah, he's he's kind of a fucking idiot. Mm.
2: Yeah. <laughs> I
1: like that qualifier. He's
2: like, kind of a fuck. Okay, sorry. No, yeah. He, he, he definitely he def- he def- has those tendencies. You, you can tell, you know, he he was going after Miriam, like I said, a bona fide organizer, a president abolitionist. Yes, on the ground.
0: On the, on Miriam Conva has decades worth of organizing yes. experience. Yes. She is the real fucking deal. And the fact that these shit posting irony poison dickheads oh my god can get up here and run they dog it's just so fucking disrespectful Mm -hmm. so fucking disrespectful
2: and you know it it goes into what we were talking about earlier with the electoral thing they feel like i don't want to guess for them but i don't know if it's a based off their relative comfortability throughout life or maybe it is they Mm -hmm. you know they they own those you know race reductionist ideas so heavily but they, they feel like a few small tweaks, you know, a few small tweaks and we can get this machine running good. You know, it's not that simple. Mm. And you can tell that that's their, you know, everything we've said is, is driven by ego, mm. similar to that white, you know, that white lies matter that, Hey, you know, you you we, we get your message, but you're portraying it wrong or it's, mm. it's disgusting, man. It's, it's I, I don't. Yeah. I'm not using any hyperbole. It's disgusting to me. Like, you know, when it first came out, I watched a few episodes of Chapel and at first I was like, okay, this is something, you know, it's different than, you know, Rogan or self-help stuff. But then instantly you, you see they're the trash leftists and everybody likes trash and liberals, but, you know you have to do something else, you know, (laughs) it has to be something else. included.
0: Yeah.
1: It's never anything constructive. It's all like, I think we, we're all kind of feeling the same way, but it it always just feels like, Oh, I think maybe Tony said it earlier, but you know, they're like those shit posters on like Tumblr or like Reddit. Like it's just, it's just ugliness. That's what really, I, I really hate. It's just constant ugliness, very privileged ugliness. And I think we would be remiss if we didn't acknowledge that they're attacking not just an organizer, but a black woman. Yes. Very confidently. Yes. Complete disrespect for her, you know, history of organizing, and I think it's very telling who these people feel comfortable attacking. It's always the same kind of person if you like really look at like what they're doing. So that's you know another thing that really yeah you can see gets me heated
0: yeah mm-hmm. yeah you, you can see it's very obvious yeah and then the past what trips me out is. You know, the amount of money that they get, the amount of attention and clout that these people have. These are just shit posters on the fucking Internet. I think Amber, who's an, an idiot herself, she's a writer. She's done journalistic stuff or whatever. But it's just mm-hmm. just the amount of attention that these people get. They have horrible analyses that they're they're, they're the, you know, their theory is fucking garbage. I mean, and and what really gets me about it is, you know, on our side of things, We are a a group in in a or in a formation that is about having actual principles and ethics and actual morality, actual code with our politics. You know what I'm saying? And with them.
2: Yeah, it's not hard to get, you know. It's eliminate all hierarchy and their whole shtick is hierarchy. You know, we're better better than you.
0: You know what I'm saying? And my problem with like dirtbag left types and and even the sort of dirtbag left, like wannabe, you know, podcast types and the people who defend them is like, I call them the immoral left because their whole Mm. thing is to me. It seems that it's like as long as they're anti-capitalist, as long as they're socialists or communists of some kind, then anything else goes. Right.
2: Exactly. They feel like they did the required mm. reading and, and, and they're good now. Right.
0: <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So yeah. you can be a transphobe. You can be a racist. You can be mm-hmm. a sexist. Like there are episodes of Chapo House where they literally call women out of their name. On a podcast like this, that shit ain't fucking flying. You know what I'm saying? I've right. heard it. I've heard it. And it's just like they get passes. You know, there's a great video called The Dirtbag Left by American Johnson. He's a like anarchist YouTuber and, you know, he's had some problematic stances and and issues every once in a while but I I think that his heart is genuinely in the right place and he makes good informative content he said a lot of what my critiques are of that sort of portion of the left where it's just like they're they're reactionary they're reactionary and I would argue really authoritarian you know there's some red brown connection there I mean Red Scare Red Scare has some weird shit man Red Scare has some really weird shit. You have Steve Bannon on your Steve Bannon, yes. on your podcast. You go on to one <laughs> yeah. of the to the on to one of the the Weinstein brothers podcast, the Dark Horse, mm-hmm. Dark Horse podcast. You know the Weinstein brothers are part of the you know the intellectual douche web or whatever the whatever the fuck they're called. That Barry Weiss bullshit. It's weird shit, man. It's it's weird yeah. shit. You know you have even the people that they platform like. I don't like the fact that you know Adolf Reed is making the rounds on all of these podcasts. I have a big fucking problem uh, with Adolf Reed's garbage ass class reductionist analyses. It's fucking garbage. It's fucking garbage. That nigga, that nigga is the Thomas Soul of the white left. That's what he is. <laughs> You know what I'm talking about, right? Whenever you get into an argument with some sort of right-winger or conservative about economics, like, you should read Thomas Sowell. economics. Mm-hmm. Bruh, shut up. That shit is fucking no. libertarian garbage. It's the exact <laughs> same shit with Adolf <laughs> Reed. He's making the rounds on fucking Jacobin shit. He was on Useful Idiots, uh, you know, Katie Helper and, and um, Matt Taibbi's podcast. And when they always bring him out, it's almost always white leftists or white adjacent leftists. These fucking... Yeah. People have reactionary and authoritarian tendencies. They always bring him out to always disparage intersectionality and to disparage identity politics. Always, because it threatens them. Always, it threatens them. It was the same shit with Michael Brooks. May he rest in love on his platform. He had a, I mean, they ate, a, they eat up Adolf Reed's bullshit wholesale. You know what I'm saying? And they disparage anarchists without understanding any lick of anarchist history or theory. I mean, go, you can go look up. Matt Christman's dumb ass takes on anarchism. I mean, it's, it's fucking mm. ridiculous. You know what I'm saying? And that's my problem is there's no real morality there. It's just like they want to make these excuses for the working class and shit like this. It's like, oh, well, you know, working class people aren't into all of these like leftist subcultures and checking privilege and And all this other stuff. And it's like, well, so we should just let them be and just try to find, you know, the soft entry points. And I understand that to a certain degree, because not because because most people are not communists. They're not socialists. They're not they don't have a very nuanced understanding of identity and identity politics. I understand that, But a lot of the bigotry. And the ignorance that comes out of working class culture is by design, is cultural hegemony, It's shit that those at the top of our hierarchy want you to believe. Yeah. And they disseminate it through the education system, through media.
2: And because if we assemble ourselves that way, yeah. if we assemble ourselves that way, it makes us easier to control. It's, it's not me against the capitalist. it's me against the capitalist. you know, just from the, the white leftist point, it's me against the capitalist. And then me against the people who, you know, who are moving up the wrong You know, they might take my spot. Like you said, they're afraid of me.
0: Yeah. It's ridiculous, man. Like, and then when we try to talk about, you know, protecting and defending trans life, right? The lives of trans mm-hmm. people, trans folk. It's just like, uh, oh, well, you know, the excuses that are really made for people who are transphobes, you know what I'm saying? Like, like, for example, when, you know, Bernie Sanders went on to, you know, Joe Rogan's podcast and there was that big blow up about that shit. And like people were defending, you know, Sanders being on Rogan's podcast because Rogan has the biggest platform and da, 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 da. These issues of justice, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, Cornel West was on there. That was a great episode. But though, but those issues of justice run counter to what is on Rogan's platform. Rogan is a staunch fucking transphobe and gender essentialist. That's the motherfucking truth. That's the truth. Yeah. He just had this, this bullshit sexologist or whatever, whatever the fuck she is, Deborah So who wrote a this garbage book about gender. She's a fucking gender essentialist and, and, a, and a transphobe, a fucking turf. Like it's. It's ridiculous, man, and and it's the same shit. Red scare, you know. I don't know if the like, case if you wanted to speak on some of your issues with like the red scare or whatnot, but like they're fucking turfs. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. They platform yes. nut jobs like Camille Paglia, and it's just like dog. Like what the fuck is going on? Like I don't I don't know if you wanted to speak on that.
1: Oh, I mean, you really covered it. I just they're turfs. I mean, and when we say turf, I mean that's a sneeze away. <laughs> from, I mean, Turks are already ramping up to start attacking like lesbian. They're like really like a step away from everything else that's horrible. So I don't know why people are afraid to combat that. Like you said, they platform horrible people. They push a lot of like ugly patriarchal body image issues. On it, it's just oh god, I I'm like getting sweaty
0: thinking about it. But it's really that bad. I didn't even know that. Yes. I didn't even know that. Oh my gosh. Wow. Yes. I'm talking to people, I' talking
1: about like how people fat and ugly. and think about the worst girl you knew in high school, and there's two of them on stage. That's what it is. you know, and they've read like, I don't know, some cont. I I, I that's the best way to describe it, and it's so harmful.
0: yeah that's that's, that's what
1: really frustrates me is we're trying to minimize harm, right? With, you know with what the BSA is. Yes, we talk a lot about a lot of theories, you know, theories that I'm still learning, but we talk about things that I guess you could consider highbrow. but at the root of all of this, we are trying to really and truly minimize harm right. and give ourselves a shot right. at the lives we deserve. And my biggest issue with the dirt bag left, if I could like really hone in on it, is the fact that they want harm. They want chaos. They don't give a fuck about anybody being better off. And that doesn't work for me. I live my whole life in black skin as a black woman. I have had plenty of harm. I'm good. You know, There's nothing for me over there. So I just hope that our listeners know to like stay away from that bullshit. It's not good for anybody. It's just not. Sorry, guys. I feel like I got all no, no.
2: You're, you're feet, good. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it's no, a, I, just, I
1: hate it. <laughs> it's,
2: just like you said, man, and we've we've kind of talked about this throughout the whole conversation. It's it's all this stuff is, is is all a stone's throw away from one step will lead to another until you you're, you're yes. very you're authoritarian. You know, you're, you're you're calling people out by their body weight or by yeah. their.
0: It's, oh, red, it's red brown girl. shit. Mm-hmm. It's very close to red brown it shit. Is. Yep.
2: Yeah. It is.
1: Yes. Very. Yes. I mean, you start defining what is right, what is good. They find a, a little easy way to sliver in. That's what I really learned with my studies. Like You find something that doesn't look like a duck, <laughs> but eventually you get it to quack like a duck. I don't know if that makes sense, but like you said, attacking people's looks, attacking people's intellect, attacking people's identities... I don't think it's subtle to us, but I think to maybe people at large it's a little subtle and then that's how they really you win.
2: No, yeah. If I see another animal quacking like a duck, I'll like, hey, that, that, that animal's been hanging with some ducks, you know. When I see these le- <laughs> when I see these white <laughs> leftists doing these authoritarian takes, I have to ask myself, you know, how close are they to being authoritarian? And and then and they show themselves to mm-hmm. be, you know, very tanky or outright you know fashion
0: yes yes Yes, sir that's and 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 it's wild like what gets me is the aesthetic too like especially with the red scare and even chop out like this aesthetic of like the urban hipster fucking like bourgeois you know snooty yeah fucking craft beer drinking fucking like i've read it
2: reeks of privilege yeah
0: because they are i mean they all come from money I think like,
1: all degree. comes from privilege. Yeah, I, I, I got
2: this basic education, and just like you no, know, the case we were saying earlier about the girl who, who might have read a little Kant or you know, his guiding <laughs> in philosophy a little bit, you know. Yeah. These, these these are those people. Like
0: the bullshit edginess, like yeah. the edgy jokes and all this other stuff. And like, that was something that American Johnson in his YouTube video was talking about. Like, like edginess can lead to actual harm, my nigga. Like, it really actually yes. can. You know, the stochastic terrorism sort of shit. Like, it can actually yes. lead to real deal harm if, if people don't quit with that shit. And, you know, the case I think you yeah. have on the head, like, we're really actually trying to mitigate harm i mean that's what mutual aid is like we're really trying to get people to survive, and it's not just like Mm -hmm. this whole idea of like as long as we're anti-capitalist and socialist is all good well no like it's really not you know what i'm saying and you at a certain point in time you have to go beyond labels because like it's like fam what do you actually believe about hierarchy what do you really believe about domination Mm. and power and control and authority because the reality of the situation is, like, like, a lot of people don't want to be free. They don't really want to promote freedom from others. They just want to dominate. Yes. Yes.
2: 100%. And if if they can dominate on the left and they, and they can try and dominate leftist ideas, and, and, and mm-hmm. they,
0: then they'll
2: be happy with that.
0: You know what I'm saying? And people feel like yeah. it's entertaining with all the little jokes and shit like that. But it's just like, dog, like... No, there's a deeper shit to it than that, fam. Like, that whole network is promoting fucked up shit. They're lying about anarchism. Like, it's just just fucking frustrating that bullshit like that can get so much clout, you know, whereas us on the black left, like, we got to struggle and hustle for all this shit. And they get all it, you know, they getting all of this money from fucking Patreon. They have all these resources, uh, all these interviews you know what i'm saying
2: we are getting bad jacketed called bed and and they get the the reds yeah. to pal around with fucking steve bannon
1: i mean i don't want to do that but <laughs> no, no 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 not
2: get to but you know <laughs> no, I like know, I'm they just you know no, i know
1: what you meant i was just kidding
2: <laughs> they, 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 they 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 have the privilege to do something like that and <laughs> right
1: right they don't have to worry about like literally having someone out their door dragging right. them off absolutely like we we want fucking like to stop food
0: desert. Yeah. <laughs> we, want. we want people to have food. Uh. Yeah. Gosh, white privilege is crazy, isn't it? You can see the <laughs> distinction because we're coming from a place of survival. They coming from a place of real yes. like affluence and privilege. And you can see the Absolutely. distinction is in the analysis, you know what I'm saying? And, you know, be- before yeah. we close this segment out and go to, you know, the final segment of Black Joy, I just want to let the audience know like a great essay written by Lorenzo Kimboa Irvin, great black anarchist autonomous is his uh, essay kill the cop in your head go read that essay please if you really want to understand the deeper dynamics of what we're talking about with white leftist spaces and white supremacist socialism and communism please go read that essay it's crucial so yeah that was that was great conversation so we'll switch over to our black joy segment and basically with this segment you know, Tony Lacase. What content are y'all watching? Movies, TV? What are you doing in general that's really giving you joy, giving you hope during these really, you know, crazy uh, times that that we're in this dystopian year of 2020? What, what what y'all what y'all got going?
2: Well, for myself, it's been a little tough to regularly intake media, so I've been, you know, rewatching stuff that I know is good, of course, and stuff like that. I've really been just just reading, man, just, uh, trying to keep my finger on America's readiness. And, and this segment is called Black Joy. So I wanted to bring up that in August last month, Black Americans were the highest growing number of gun owners and new gun owners in, in America. And it lets me know that, you know, people were paying attention. People were, you know, aware of yeah. their clear and present danger. Mostly just been playing video games with my son, though, man, Uh trying to, you know, we, we've been kind of trapped in the house for the last eight months. So trying to keep as much entertainment around us as possible
0: that's great that's awesome hey man gaming gaming's always good um what about you yeah i've been doing
1: some collaborating with some friends trying to like make art spend time outside safely not in a group (laughs) always with a mask but yeah i've been trying to you know read things that i like not just reading to understand theory but reading different comic books and fantasy by black authors and yeah, I, I, I'm glad that you have this segment where we can like really think about what we're doing to take care of ourselves. So I'm realizing lately what's bringing me joy is just having rest. <laughs>
0: yeah. I think
1: we take for granted how important it is to just like shut down, power down, and sleep or nap or veg out. So I've been trying to do that too. Right. It, it really has been helping me to disconnect and sit with myself for a little. So that's what I've been doing. Thankful for my friends. Thankful for my family. They keep me feeling real good.
0: Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. For me, I just been doing a lot more reading myself as well. I'm trying to get back into fiction like how I was before and kind of chill out on, on the theory. So I'm reading uh, Beloved by Toni Morrison. Ooh. Yeah. I'm reading Player Piano by Kurt Vonnegut and Notes on a Nervous Planet by Matt Haig. He's a really great British writer mm. who writes really, really well about anxiety and depression and like mental health stuff that's something that's has affected me recently and has been you know really inspiring and really getting me through and trying to get back into anime too man i'm trying to get back on this boku no hero man this hero academia Um
1: yes yeah i just started my hero academia
0: you i love it. it you just started yes! it that, that shit is my quit. brother
1: my brother was like you've got to watch this case okay? so i'm like okay okay and so we've been watching it. i really like it well, i like i don't remember his name but the one with the fire and the ice, the red hair and the white hair. Todoroki. I like him a lot,
0: but I like broody characters. Megan the Stallion kind of cosplayed as him for a while. <gasps> I knew uh, I loved her. Yeah. She, she's a big, she's a big anime fan, but yeah, that's, that's just <laughs> what I try to do is, you know, is like, you forget the value of like escape sometimes and escapism. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And sometimes you kind of need it to, to preserve yourself and even heal yourself. So
2: and with the way things are, it's kind of easy to kind of feel bad. Like, okay, should I be enjoying stuff right now? Like, should I, should I be, in, you know, it, <laughs> is, 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 and it, right. it is, it is okay to, to sit down and, and you know, you brought up anime. I've actually just, uh, dived back in, uh, um, Cowboy Bebop and Samurai Champloo nice. again. You know, oh, oh, it's
1: Samurai oh, it's oh so good.
2: Goodness. I was
1: going to recommend that one.
0: Yo, This oh is a black nerd yeah. podcast. <laughs> on Real I shit. know. You know I don't,
1: Catch us next week where we talk about <laughs> <laughs> Samurai Jack. <laughs>
2: the, but the, the merging between hip-hop and martial arts is, is some of the most beautiful. Right. It's, it's beautiful to me. I don't know why. <laughs> it's, it's it is.
1: It makes sense It's wonderful. to me. I don't know. It's so good. But Samurai Shampoo is top tier. I love that. One.
2: Absolutely. I've been getting joy. Listen,
0: from that. y'all. This is what y'all getting. Y'all getting real black nerd shit on, the, on a thousand cuts. Listen, <laughs> if y'all don't blow us up the way motherfuckers blow up, Chapo. You ain't getting this nowhere else, man. Where else can you get uh black folks talking about anime and fucking anarchism and communism in the same damn podcast? Nowhere else, dog. Nowhere else. And I don't think it so. to you real. <laughs> Put some respect on this shit. But this has been great, y'all. This Tony Lecase, this has been an awesome episode. Uh, we'll have back on our comrades uh Glenn and Chanel uh, uh very soon. But this has been a great episode. And thank everyone, thank you so much uh for, for listening, y'all. This has been a thousand cuts. We are a BSA podcast. I'm your host Demetrius here with my comrades Tony and the case and we will see y'all soon on the next episode thank you so much for supporting and listening peace out